Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We bless you, Lord, for gathering us here at your feet as your children. We are here to find you, the path of righteousness. We are here to understand the kind of life we should live here on earth as citizens of heaven. We are here, Lord God, to understand you better in order to represent you better here on earth. As we come this morning, we look to you, dear Lord, that you will open the fresh vial of your insight, of your understanding, of your grace, of your enablement upon our lives as individuals and as a group in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us in clear terms, that each one of us here present this morning will be blessed by your spirit, will be strengthened for the days ahead. We ask, Lord, that that which you have packaged for us as, as, as a church this day and as individuals shall not be withdrawn back to heaven, but shall be released unto every one of us according to our capacities in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you will hear us. We bless you. We praise you, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning to us, brothers and sisters. We are glad that we will be uh, sharing the word of God together with deep appreciation to the entire chaplaincy for the opportunity to share the word of God together as we journey in this life to heaven. This morning, we will be looking at the blessing in persecution. The blessing in persecution. Um, I should like to read again, even though we have read it, but I should like to uh, read again uh, from Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, I will start... Verse, I will, I will read verse 1 and 2, and then I jump to verse 9 to 11. May the Lord bless his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. He said, Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Praise the Lord. We are looking at kingdom lifestyle. As citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Who are on a journey from here to heaven. There are certain lifetimes that is expected of us 
wherever we are at any point in time. And Jesus, who came from heaven, who understands exactly the kind of life that goes on in heaven, came down to teach us, to show us the kind of life that is expected of everyone who desires to get to heaven. Now, verse 1 says that when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. First and foremost, it is needful for us to know that this kind of lifestyle that is expected of us is not for the multitude. Multitudes will have problems with this kind of lifestyle. And multitudes will not make effort to live this kind of lifestyle because it will cost them a lot. When Jesus saw the crowd, he didn't throw this kind of teaching to the crowd. He went up on the mountainside and sat down. And then it was only disciples that climbed up to where he was. And he began to teach them. So, this discipleship teaching is meant for those who have deliberately yoked their neck with Christ Jesus. And are willing to take him uh, and his teaching just the way they are. Praise God. So, as we look at this, which is a continuation of what we've been looking at since the beginning of this year, it suffices us to know that no matter how hard it may appear, this is the kind of lifestyle that heaven expects of us to live while we journey through this life. Verse 9 says, Blessed, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I know that people are always looking for blessings, isn't it? We live in the days that people, people have taken blessing to another level. They are always looking for blessing. People are seeking even to be anointed for blessing. <laughs> Last night, while we were at the crusade ground, one driver, one truck driver came and parked his truck. You know? And said, I have come so that you can pray for my truck. I said, sorry sir, I don't pray for trucks. It's not truck that need prayer, it's you that need prayers. He said, no, so that the truck can, can, will not have accidents. I said, I will not pray for trucks sir. God did not anoint me to pray for trucks. I will pray for you. It is you that need prayer, first and foremost. Because truck will not go to heaven. Neither will it go to hell. But you are likely to go to heaven or go to hell. So it's you that needs, need a prayer. He argued. I said, I will not pray, sir. And I began to help him and his, um, his, uh, fellow, his assistant. It's two of you that need prayers. And once your life is in correct uh, standing with God, you don't even need to be praying for your truck. If I pray for truck and you, and you that is the driver of the truck, you are left out. I think you have lost out. People are always looking for such blessings. 
But Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Now, uh, they, for us as citizens of heaven, one of the blessings we must pursue, we must pray for, we must look forward to, we must expect is the blessing of persecution. Persecution is a blessing. Even though it does not appear to be blessing to many people, but as far as Jesus is concerned, when you are persecuted, it shows that you are recognizing heaven, and it shows that heaven is blessing you. Is anybody willing to receive such blessing? Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Now, three points to note very quickly as we press on is that, one, that blessed, a persecution is a blessing. Once you are receiving persecution of any sort for the sake of righteousness, just rejoice because you are being blessed. Number two, this kind of blessing is not for everybody. This is not a general blessing. It's a blessing for disciples. It is a blessing for those who are living righteously. Number three, the blessing is that the whole kingdom of heaven is yours. The whole kingdom of heaven is yours. Now, those three points, we need to bear them in mind as we move on. In, according to that verse, there are those who will be persecuted and there are those who will persecute. So we're looking at the two sides of the coin. You know there are two sides to a coin. One side of the coin is those who are being persecuted. The which we are. The other side of the coin is those whose ministry is to persecute us. We must look at this together so that we can have a holistic view of what God expects of us. Now, we will, we're looking at those who are persecuted and those who are persecuting us. Our lifestyle here on earth will not be fulfilled, will not be accomplished without those whose responsibility it is to persecute us. So we are two sides of a coin and both sides are very important. Nobody has a coin and the coin is just one side. It won't be accepted as legal tender. All right. So while we look at those who are persecuted, we will also look at briefly uh, those whose job it is to persecute us. Now, persecution simply defined is cause to suffer. Anything that causes us to suffer. However, not every suffering is persecution. So that we will not lump it up and say, okay, if I'm suffering, it is because I am, I mean, if I am suffering anything, I am being persecuted. No. It is not all suffering that 
are referred to or regarded or considered as persecution. This kind of suffering that are recognized in heaven as persecution is in connection with righteousness, is in connection with your right living, is in connection with standing firm for the, for the Lord. Now, persecution or suffering for righteousness can take different forms. It can, it can be in the form of insult. That's why I say, blessed are you when people insult you. Persecution can be in the form of insult, abuses. It can be in the form of all kinds of evil being said against you. Because of Christ Jesus or because of your righteousness. Correct standing, right standing, right where you are. Persecution can come in the form of heart rate. Men will hate you. Men will hate us because of righteousness. Persecution can come in the form of maltreatment. The people mistreat you. Not because you are evil, but because you are standing righteously in the place where you are. You are standing for Christ. You are standing for the things of the kingdom of heaven. Persecution can also take the form of physical assault. Physically, people physically assault you, beat you. Not because you are a criminal, but because of righteousness, because of Christ Jesus. It can also be by destruction of our properties, of our belongings, destruction of our churches, and so on. It can be by stealing the things that belong to us as citizens of the kingdom of God. It can be ultimately by killing us. So persecution are in different grades, in different forms. And it comes to each one of us in different measures, at different times, and in different places. So, anyone living righteously for the sake of the kingdom of God must suffer persecution. Living righteously withdraw us some form of suffering. And Christ Jesus begin to teach us, to prepare us. That for us to get to heaven, we must receive the blessing of persecution for the sake of our righteous living. Now, persecution can come from a husband can persecute his wife. A wife can persecute her husband. Parents can persecute their children, children can persecute their parents, members of churches can persecute their pastors or priests, pastors or priests can as well persecute members of their churches, students can be persecuted by their fellow students or by their lecturers and vice versa, 
one church or one denomination can persecute another denomination, another church or another fellowship. Unbelievers can persecute believers. Muslims can persecute Christians. And Christians can persecute Muslims. So persecution can come to us from many people. Even within the family, persecution can come from the husband to the wife, or from the wife to the husband, and so on. So it is not only Muslims that can persecute us, anybody, even within the body of Christ, we can persecute ourselves. Praise God. I'm sure you may have experienced that sometimes, somehow, when you walk in a place, even among Christians, and you are living righteously, and you are refusing to compromise to their small, small, small schemes. These are Christians who, they will, they say, you own too much. Not only you, they go heaven, we too, we are going to heaven. When your righteousness shines out in the midst of unrighteousness, just expect to suffer persecution, to suffer for the sake of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Number two point, which we need to consider is, what are the benefits of persecution? What are the benefits of persecution? Now, before I look that further, I want to, I want to paint, um, a picture. I'm sure we know oranges, don't we? We all know oranges. Okay. If you pick an orange, an orange, here is an orange peeled and even cut for you, and you put it down, will the orange begin to fulfill its ministry? Because you just put it in front of you and say, I have orange here, this is orange here. Will the orange fulfill its ministry by you just dropping it down? No. How will the juice inside the orange, the sweet juice inside the orange, which you need, how will it fulfill its ministry? It by you doing what? Putting pressure on it. When you put pressure on it, isn't it? The juice comes out. And that juice comes out to nourish you, isn't it? If you don't press, put pressure on, on, on the orange, will it benefit you? If they are counting those who have oranges, I'll say, yes, me too, I have, I have two oranges here. But that orange has not, the juice has not entered into your mouth. Will you benefit from the, from the orange? No. The benefits as we look, of persecution as we look at it is that, one, we need to know that persecution will come upon us like pressure, 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 pressure. They may come very, very strong, very powerful. When they come upon you, there is something inside that it wants to squeeze out. That is why Jesus said we must suffer persecution because there are, there are sweet juices 
locked inside us. That unless pressure are brought upon us firstly, that juice that need to sweeten the lives of men will not come out. So, as we look at the benefits of persecution, just know that unless you are persecuted, you will not know what manner, what stuff that is inside of you. If you press the orange, if the orange is sweet, what will it bring out naturally? It is the sweet juice it, it will bring out. Now, you cannot press orange and it will bring grape juice. Why won't it bring grape juice? Because it does not contain grape juice inside. If you press apple, apple will not make mistakes to bring anything other than the apple juice contained inside. So, it is the content that is in a man that will come out naturally, normally, without effort, without struggle, when he is pressed by pressure. So, Jesus, in his wisdom, knows that there are treasures, there are virtues, there are sweet juices inside of us that may never come out. Until there is a pressing, there is a pressure being brought upon us. This is applicable to individual believers. This is applicable to the body of Christ in a given community and in a given generation. So, benefits of uh, persecution is that one, persecution will bring out the good, the bad and the ugly in you. How do I mean? You will not know that there is anger locking inside of you until God brings a brother to live with you in the hostel whose lifestyle is complete opposite of your own. If you want to pray, you say, now, now you kill Jesus. You know what allow us rest in this hostel? Every day. If you carry your Bible to go to Bible study, you say, ha, huh, now wow. Now Bible study you come do for this school. Are you understanding this now? He is by your side putting pressure on you. Both heaven and hell are watching. To see the kind of juice that will naturally come out of you by the pressure being put on you by that roommate. You will not know how wonderful you are. You will not know whether you have gained victory over anger if there is nobody around you offending you. Are we together? So, when a wife rises against her husband, I know sometimes, sometimes it may not be intentional. Are you getting it now? Sometimes, God may just, just make the wife say to snap off quickly. 
And then she says something far like this. And that thing ignites an anger in you. And heaven is watching, hell is watching to see what brother husband will do. Your response or reaction in the face of that thing is a measure of your content inside. If you say, say you, who born you? You stupid woman. You see, don't say it because she behaved like that. Oh, that's why you are, you are, you are abusing. The truth of the matter is that all the while inside, something to abuse has been hiding somewhere, looking for the correct opportunity for expression. And now, the correct opportunity has come to you through your own wife. You see, brother Job, you remember Job? You remember Job? Uh-huh. His wife came like that and said, Ah, Job, what is all this thing you are going through? See, see, see you, see you, see you, see you from head to toe. You have lost everything. And now, and, and, and now look at you, full of saw everywhere. Just abuse God and die. Did Job go to any Bible study before he responded? Did Job go for any prayer meeting before he responded? What was in Job all the while naturally came up? He said, my wife, why are you talking like this? Should we receive good from the hand of the Lord and not also expect evil? Did it, did it take him any effort to say that? All the while, that was in his heart. Look at Joseph in, in Egypt. You remember Joseph? When Potiphar's wife came and put pressure on him. Are you understanding this now? He came and put pressure on Joseph. The pressure was to make Joseph go to bed with her. It was not a one day pressure. Not a one week pressure. Not a one month pressure. It was not an intermittent pressure. Joseph lived in that house. So continually the pressure kept coming on Joseph. But see, that pressure squeezed out the natural life that was in Joseph. What did he squeeze out? He said, ah, madame, every other thing here, your husband left it in my hand. It, you are the only one that he has not put in my hand because you are his wife. I cannot do this kind of wicked thing and sin against God. Did you think that Joseph went to Bible study before he learned that thing? The natural thing, the fear of God that was in Joseph came out naturally under that pressure. Let me tell us what you do in the face of pressure is the definition of your inner life. You cannot, you can't quickly manufacture joy. In the face of persecution, if joy has not been there all the while. Do we understand this now? Persecution helps to bring out the good inside of us as a church in Nigeria, as individuals. It will also help to bring out the stuff we have been made of all this while. Now, so persecution, suffering for righteousness, will bring out 
the natural thing, the life that God has been building in you all this while. So, one of the benefits of persecution is to help you assess your own self. It will help you to assess yourself. To check, you know, self-assessment. To check whether truly your, what is coming out of you is in tandem with the kingdom lifestyle. What is coming out of you under pressure is showing the kind of life that is in heaven. Whatever comes out of you under pressure tells you a lot about your own self inside. Now, number two, uh, point number two. If you look at, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 5. No, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 29. Luke chapter 6. Verse 27, verse 29 uh, to 29. Jesus trying to help us to understand how we can take our inner life. To see whether truly we are citizens of the kingdom. To see whether truly we are living the kingdom lifestyle. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, it says, but, but to you who are listening, but to you who are listening, are you listening to Jesus? Are you listening to Jesus? He said, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him. The benefits of persecution. Jesus knowing that the good in us may not naturally come out. The love in us may not naturally come out. The blessing, the pot of blessing inside of us to bless others may not naturally come out. Unless a pressure is brought to bear on us. And that pressure, Jesus put it in a way that we may not be happy with at all. He says, love your enemies. If you have enemies, of course we are not supposed to have enemies, but people will make us their enemies. Okay? Now, when people who make us their enemies are living with us, either in the same compound or in the same work, uh, uh, place where we work, or in the same city or in the same country, Jesus said, that those people who see us as their enemies are the pressures that we need to bring out the good juice inside of us. So he said, love your enemies, which means that love inside us is the, is the sweet juice 
that is locked up within us. And it will not naturally come out unless a pressure of heart rate is brought to bear on us from our enemies. So, Jesus said that the enemies, our enemies, whichever way we look at them, when they begin to put pressure on you, bringing heart rate, now the pressure they bring on us will, go, will be like, they will be cursing you, huh? they will be mistreating you, huh? they will even kill you. When those things are happening, interpret it to mean that it is a pressure being brought on you so that the juice inside will come out to bless you, to bless your persecutors. Are we together? So he said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Which means that even those who will hate us, look, we need to understand the way God thinks. They are the carriers of the blessings that we need. If they don't manifest heart rate towards us, we will not be able to reciprocate with good that is locked inside of us. Am I, am I making sense? You know, naturally it's good to be good to those who are good to you, isn't it? Uh, it's easy to love those who love you. Hey boy, hey boy, those who love you, it's, good, it's easy to love them. Even if you go down. Jesus says you do like that. W- what difference have you made from pagans? Even tax collectors, sinners, they know how to be good to themselves, isn't it? Our good cannot be measured in the, in the face of good. Just like you can't know how bright a light is in the daytime. Abby, you will know. It is in darkness you will know how bright a light is. In the same way, you will not know how much you love if you live in a community of those who love you. Are you getting it now? So, when enemies Whichever way you meet them, when they begin to manifest their enmity towards you, brother, just rise up quickly and say, God, help me here. This is the opportunity to demonstrate the kingdom lifestyle. I may not be happy about it, but Lord, help me not to return enmity for enmity. Help me not to return heart rate for heart rate. But Lord, help me to love. Praise God. When we are loving those who hate us, we are showing that we are citizens of the kingdom indeed. That is the kingdom lifestyle. And by no means can this kind of life come out if everybody, if everybody is is righteousness. You know, do you know that as you are here seated in church now, nobody will persecute another person. Abi? We are all wearing good spaces and say, brother, how are you? Brother, 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 everybody's brother, everybody's sister. You, we cannot measure our spirituality in the church by sitting like this because normally nobody will come and step on you. Even if someone steps on you, 
In church, will you, will you frown your face for the person? Why will you see? You just do as if you are a very gentle fellow. But let that person drive and overtake you somehow in traffic. Or you are in filling station. And you are queuing and somebody just comes. Yeah, and just little space. And then he comes and feels, you know, ahead of you. Our righteousness, our, the Jews inside of us, is not beneficial inside the church. It is not in the church that it has to be squeezed out. Just like the juice inside the orange. It is not inside the orange that that juice is meant for. Is it inside the orange that it is meant for? If pressure don't come on that orange, the juice will rot in inside. So, pressure has, has to come upon us to bring out the good life inside of us. Those who cause us. Those who cause us. When they curse you, when they curse us, it becomes opportunity for us to manifest the life of the kingdom eh, that is inside of us by returning their curses with blessing. I know we live in a time where everybody is talking enemy, 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 fall down and die. My enemy, you know, go see tomorrow. They are doing and they are praying and doing all of that. And heaven is wondering, what manner of children do I have? Enemy, they will fall down and die, fall down and die, fall down and die, fall down and die, fall down and die. My enemy, they will not see good. They, look. When they don't see good, they are cursing you, you are cursing them. What difference do you make? You are already the same citizens of the same kingdom of darkness. But when they curse you, say, ah, God bless you, brother. It will be well with you. It will be well with you. That is the weapon. That is the kingdom lifestyle. That is the Jewish, the sweet Jewish coming out of us. Praise God. He said, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. Are this easy life to live? Frankly speaking, they are not. For the natural person, it's not easy. But for us who are going to heaven, this is the lifestyle. And I know that the church in Nigeria will have been put to test. Many people have interpreted and said, look, Muslims, they have slapped us here. Wow. We, we accepted it. They have not slapped us here again. Wow. We accepted it. We have fulfilled scripture. Right now, we have no to- cheek to turn. So if they slap us, we also give them back. That's the kind of thing that is circulating now. Many people like it. Many people like it. The flesh like that kind of thing. But when you do like that, Jesus is wondering, is this a citizen of my kingdom? Let's check, let's check. Bring out his record, bring out our record. Is he still a citizen of this kingdom? This kind of life she's living down at. Is he representing us? No, you are bringing shame to his name. We must understand suffering from kingdom perspective in the days we are in. If not, many people will quietly unconsciously, unknowingly slip out of the kingdom of God without knowing. If we are not living this kind of life, then we are not, we are not reflecting that we are actually the citizens of a different kingdom. And this kingdom is a higher kingdom. That is why the kind of life that we are to live is a higher life than the life over and above the life of ordinary people who are not part of that kingdom. Alright. 
So persecution will bring out, when bring out the good in you, it will bring out the love in you, it will bring out the blessing in you, when pressures, negative pressures are put on us. Okay. Persecution will help you to check if truly you are a Christian. Your ability to forgive will be put to test when you are insulted, when you are slapped, when you are abused, when you are beaten, when evil things are brought upon you. Your ability to forgive will be put to test. Some years ago, we lived in an Arab community and God was very merciful. Helping, you know, He helped us where the gospel was, was moving from place to place in a very quiet way, you know, among Arab, uh, 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 Malams, religious leaders, men, women, in different places. Then one day, one day, we, somebody, my neighbor was marrying out her daughter and normally we are part of it. And then we were seated there in that, in the community, you know, rejoicing and all of that. And one of the ustads that over the years we have discussed the gospel, over the years we have argued the gospel, over the years we have, we have come on a journey moving him towards Christ. He came to that gathering of Elders in the community. And he shook all the people around and refused to shake me. I, 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 it wasn't new to me. I was used to that kind of a thing. So I didn't bother. He went further and began to speak like a madman. He said, this one, why do we allow him to remain in our community? He, he, he has learned our language. He has understood our way of life. They bear Arab names. He, all his children are bearing Arabic names. He is here. Why do we? And he went on and spoke like a madman. And I was, I was seated in the middle of elders of the community. And you know, in an Arab setting, that is where decisions are taken. That is where important issues are taken. In fact, that is the, the ruling council of the community. And there, he was butchering me, he was butchering our work, he was ranting and raving. And I was the only, only Christian seated there. I sat down quietly. Oh, thank God for grace. I didn't know where grace came from. I sat down there. I sat down inside. Inside was, was not comfortable at all. <laughs> so, I didn't say anything. Oh, I didn't say anything. So, later on, I got up quietly and left there. When I got to my house, I said, God, if this man was a, a new person that I did not know, it would have been even been easier. This is the, the one of the religious leaders that our house was like the house of his whole family. When he was going for pilgrimage in Mecca, he stayed about three months. We were catering for his wife, 
and his children. His wife was, was like a, Jew, a sister to my wife. Do you understand this now? I went back and said, God, what, what, what is this? So, quietly, First Peter chapter 3, verse 4, I mean 14, jumped up. First Peter chapter 4, verse 14 and 16, jumped up. I said, ha, now blessing has come upon me. Say, I rejoice because the spirit of glory and of wisdom rests upon me. I said, God, help me to forgive this man. Help me to forgive this man. So, we prayed, forgive him. But do you know one thing? That act alone was damaging our, our reputation in the community. So, I said, okay, I'm not bothered with that man now. I began to, I went to one of the, one of the man, the religious man, the, one of the highest uh, men in the community. I went there and said, John, he said, yeah, yeah, thank you very much for the way you behaved yourself. It was very cool. This man that was talking to me, he married, he, he married his daughter to the junior brother of that Ustaz. He said, thank you very much. We all know that you have no problem with us in this community. That man is a troubleshooter. Just don't mind him. Another one came to my house. He said, hi, which kind of life are you living here? If I were the one that he spoke that kind of a thing to in the middle of men, you know one thing you cannot, you should not do to Muslims is to put them to shame. They can't stand that. If he was the one, he would have fought that man there, right there and there. In fact, unless he killed him there, he wouldn't leave him to go. I say, yeah, thank you. Jesus has taught us not to retaliate, not to pay evil for evil. Another, that's why they were coming one after the other, appreciating the love of God or the life. But inside of me, it wasn't comfortable at all. It wasn't easy at all. But I need to know, God set me in that laboratory to see, to test whether truly I love these people as I claim to be. Persecution will bring out what is inside of you. That is what I'm trying to bring out. It will show you whether you have the ability to forgive. Jesus, when he was being crucified, that's, that, that was the height of persecution. He prayed, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Stephen, when he was being stoned, he prayed, Father, do not impute this sin to their charge. Persecution will benefit us because it will help to bring out the Christ life inside of us. Persecution will help you to assess your own self, whether truly the life of Christ is inside. Persecution will help you to know whether you really, really are growing in Christ Jesus. Now, what do we do to those who persecute us? Those who persecute us, we must, we must recognize them everywhere. Are you understanding this now? Those who will make us to suffer because we are living righteously. What are we expected to do to them? One, we must pray for those who persecute us. Matthew chapter um, 6, I think verse 44, 45 says, but verse Luke 6, 27 says, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, pray for those who persecute you. When persecution, when someone brings suffering upon you because of righteousness, because of 
Christ, it, is, it becomes opportunity for you to pray for the persecutor. Are we together? So there are those whose duty, whose job, it is to persecute us. And when they persecute us, our duty, our responsibility to them is to do what? Is to pray for them. So the persecution that is coming upon us as a church in Nigeria from the hand of Muslims. Look, let me tell also, we may not like it, but heaven expects that we should be praying for them. We should be doing good to them. We should be blessing them. Are we together now? Now, this kind of prayer, I know there are different kinds of prayers. All kinds of prayers these days. All kinds of, some people will pray that let them die, let them die, let them die. As if it is their job to kill them. If they die, what do you benefit from their deaths? If they die, what has it benefited us? If we pray and they die, eh, has, who has benefited? It is Satan that has benefited. God has lost. So, when we pray that they should die, people who die, 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 die. We are not benefiting the kingdom of God. We owe them the prayer of blessing. Let me look at how they are, the disciples of old, you know, uh, put that to, to practice. You remember Saul? Eh? You remember Saul? Saul was a, a, a very injurious man. Persecuting the disciples in Jerusalem. And he was not, he had the authority backing him up. And I suppose that the disciples were praying for him. It was the result of their prayer that was answered. The answer to their prayer that happened to, to Saul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus. Now, if those brethren had prayed for the death of jihadist Saul, of terrorist sword, of headsman sword, of Boko Haram sword. If they had prayed and Saul had died, do you know that you and I sit, seated here would have been would have been cheated, would have lost a lot in Saul, because inside Saul was a Paul that was yet to to manifest. Inside Saul was several books of the New were several books of the New Testament from Romans to First, Second Corinthians. Are you getting it now? Galatians, all the books we read today that blesses our life, they were yet inside Saul when he was Saul. If the brethren had prayed and he had died, he would have died with all of those blessings and would have been would have been robbed of several blessings. Those who persecute us today, they may become the great men of tomorrow who will take the gospel to the ends of the earth beyond where we can go. But today they are persecuting us. Today they are cutting our heads. Today they are doing that. It is our prayer for them in the face of the persecution that will bring them out of that and they will become what God Intends for them to become. Praise God. So God expects us to pray for the Fulani headsmen. He expects us to pray for Muslim terrorists. He expects us to pray even for the witches that are in our villages. You know, there are witches everywhere now. Some people can't see anything without witches. Witch, 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 witch. Everybody is a witch. 
Jesus said, pray for that witch so that the Jews, the good thing in that Jewish will come out. Some people say, no, let them die. Let them die. Suffer not the witch to live. If you say so, you have also passed judgment on yourself. Because another part, the Bible says that all those who are stubborn and rebellion, they are also witches. Yes. That's what the Bible says. So what are we saying? Pray for those who persecute you. We owe them prayers. They owe us persecution. Are we together? We must pray for them. We must do them good. We must look forward to the time when they also will become citizens of this kingdom. Because our prayer has the capacity to bring them and to make both them and us sons of God. That's what Matthew 5 says. That when we pray for those who persecute us, ultimately we will become children of our Father who is in heaven. Both we who are persecuted and both the persecutors will become children of our Father who is in heaven when we pray for them, when we do good to them. Alright. In the face of persecution, what do we do? We pray for ourselves. Um, let's look at Acts chapter, Acts chapter 4 very quickly. Acts 4 verse 23. We won't read all the whole verse. You know. Um, Acts chapter 4 verse 23 to 31. We won't read the whole thing. But just to emphasize something there. Looking at the believer's prayer. Um, if you read from verse verse um, it's talking about Peter and John were being persecuted by the religious leaders. They had been warned not to preach again. But when they returned to their company, they began to pray. Not praying for the death of those of their persecutors, but they revered God in their worship. And in verse 30, the verse um, 29, they say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus Christ. After they had prayed, the place where they were, they were meeting was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I thought that those brethren would have asked God, stretch your hand upon these persecutors and let them all perish on the ground like cockroaches. I thought they would have prayed like that. I thought they would have said, God, smite them with blindness. Let them know that truly we are the servant of God. I thought they would have prayed like that. They did not ask God to do that. They say, rather, God, stretch your hand. Perform miraculous signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant Jesus. So it was not about them at all. They were talking about, they were praying for the, for the persecutors that God will work miraculous signs and wonders of salvation in their midst. When persecution comes, we need to pray for ourselves too, that we'll be strengthened, we'll be bold to preach the gospel. Uh, uh, last, no, the night, on, fr- on Friday night, we went to um, um, the Muslim community in, uh, in uh, Okiwe. And when we got there, we were already mounting our prayer, uh, you know, want to preach, want to do crusade and all of that. As soon as we appear on the field, the young men who were playing football on the field say, what are we going to do? So we've come to preach. It's okay. We should go and take permission from their leader. That's okay. No problems. We went to their leader. 
Before we got to the leader, another man went to him and whispered something. And he didn't know I was watching him. He whispered something to him. He said, don't allow this people to preach. They will come and disturb our Ramadan. You know, and then when we come, we're talking to this guy. He was, he was pretending the usual way, looking good and smiling. You're welcome and all of that. But he didn't know I was watching him when he was saying the other thing. So the leader said, no, we should go to the Serikin house, house hour in, uh, in, inside town. That we should go and tell him. He's not hindering us, but we should go and take him. Whatever he tells us to do, we will do. Okay, I know that they were trying to do us, do us like this. So we went to the Serikin house, house hour there inside town. And we said, we told him what we are coming to do. He said, he looked, oh, he looked, look, look, look. It's okay, um, this is Ramadan time. We don't have to disturb the uh, Ramadan and all of that. I said, but we have nothing, we are not hindering Ramadan. He said, our preaching will disturb their own preaching and so on and so forth. And one man was telling him there. He said, look, these people, allow them now. Let them, let them, let them preach. Allow, allow them. He said, no, they will be showing, showing film and all of that. They don't want to watch anything film during this Ramadan. He went on. Oh, I know where they were going. So it's okay. We will, we will show the film. We will do it till, when it is 8 o'clock. We will shut down. When we got there, we left there. We returned back to the place. We didn't know that tension was building ahead of, ahead for us. When we got there, they said, look, the boys, the young men were mobilizing themselves, say, yo, uh, riot, they touch and now yo. They, they were waiting for us to start so that they, they will start riot. So when we looked at, and we said we're going to preach, okay, we'll not show, uh, uh, any film again. We're going to preach ordinarily. They, they were already mobilizing themselves to go and fight. So, and we dispatched ourselves into their means to, to get their feeling of what they are doing. So we now look at, okay, we suspended preaching. We went back and we began to pray. Say, God, these people, they have hindered us from preaching. Strengthen us to preach. So we went to change strategy. The following day, Saturday, we changed our strategy. We just divided ourselves and went two by two and entered into their community. We were not showing anything again. We began to preach to them from place to place, from house to house, from shop to shop. In fact, that produced more results. So, boldness came upon every brother, every sister. We went back and we preached. Even some of them who were the leaders, we went there. We met them. We preached to them. Praise God. What are we saying? When in times of persecution, we need to pray that God will strengthen us. It's not the time to back out from preaching the gospel. It's not the time by lifestyle we will preach it, by proclamation we will preach it. Because you see, if you don't preach, you will die. If you preach, you will die. Whether you preach or not, death is awaiting us. So what are we talking about? Let's rise up and do it and preach it. If death comes, fine. But the truth of it is that they cannot kill all of us. Praise the Lord. So, um, quickly, uh, what does it mean that the kingdom of heaven is ours when we are persecuted for righteousness sake. What does it mean? That Jesus said that we should rejoice in the time of persecution, in the time of suffering, because the kingdom of God is ours at such time. What does it mean? Number one, if you read Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it talks about the fact that we are bona fide citizens of the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. Though we are here on earth, our citizenship is in heaven. And the kingdom lifestyle we are to live here is to bring about, to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear on earth while we are yet living here on earth. 
Are we, are we following? So, uh, uh, when we, when, when Jesus say, the kingdom of heaven is ours, when we are being persecuted, it means that it is showing the whole world that this brother, this sister, though here on earth, yet her real citizen, her real country is in heaven. And the life of righteousness that she is living here on earth is reflecting and showing the kind of life that normally exists in heaven. It shows that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, let's look at John chapter 2. Sorry, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, um, verse, um, verse 27. When Jesus said, the kingdom of, uh, the kingdom of heaven is ours, what does it mean? What, what does, does that mean? The kingdom of John chapter 3, John chapter 3, um, verse 27. John chapter 3, verse 27 says, um, To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. What does it mean? When Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is your own, when you are persecuted for righteousness, it means that one, all that you will need, all the grace you will need to overcome or to stand up in the face of that persecution will be allocated to you from heaven. Every help, every strength, every grace, every ability we will need to stand up in persecution in righteousness, will be allocated to all of us, not from anywhere else, but from heaven, where we are citizens. So John said, no man can receive anything unless it is allocated to him from heaven. It also means, brothers, that the measure of persecution you need to go through will be allocated to you from heaven. Are you with me now? The measure of persecution that may come to you from your wife, come to you from your husband, come to you from fellow students, come to you from Muslims or unbelievers, they will be meted to you. They will be measured to you from heaven. Is it confusing? You cannot receive anything except that thing is allocated to you from heaven. The persecution coming upon us as a church in Nigeria. It's not that heaven is ignorant to. It is not that heaven is ignorant. The ones that will yet come upon us. No matter how we pray against it, it will come. The ones that will yet come upon us. They will be measured to rush from heaven. And you know the good thing. God said that he will not allow you to pass through what you cannot bear. That whenever any suffering. Any persecution comes, he will walk away of escape for all of us. Are we together? However, even that way to be worked out for you will have to be allocated to you from heaven. That's why in a given persecution, a brother may die. 
Another brother may escape it. Are you getting it? A brother may die. Another brother may escape it. 2011. My brother, my dear York fellow, we were all, we were all penned down to be slaughtered by Boko Haram the same day, the same night. How God worked it and we, 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 we all, we all aware of it. Somehow, I left town that day. Somehow, they killed that brother that day. And I wept. Why did, how did this happen? It was to fulfill God's conclusion for the brother. Because it was clear to all of us before that time that his work was finished. Even himself said it. My work here has finished. But I don't know where next to go. We didn't understand. It was clear to us. He saw the vision of how uh, violent men came to our house and killed me. And my wife cried and called him and he ran to come to my house. And the same violent people pursued him to his house and they killed him. And he came back to tell me, he said, this is the dream I had. I am not a dreamer, but each time I dream, it comes to pass. We don't understand this. So we're praying, we're praying. That dream came to pass in his life. But me, I escaped it. Not because I was prayerful. Not because of anything. Persecution, it was allocated to him to go at that time through that means. But for me, my time was not up. I escaped it. That's why I'm, I'm here with you today. So, what we need, every escape we need, even in the times of danger, in the face of persecution, it has to be allocated to us from heaven. Because we, that, we are citizens of heaven. And James, God allowed Herod to keep. Peter, he allowed him to escape. That is how it is. The kingdom of heaven is ours. Our lives are administered from heaven. What to be given to you, what to be given to the other brother, what to be given to other sister in terms of suffering and every other thing, they are administered from heaven. That is part of what it means that we, the kingdom of heaven, is ours in the face of persecution. Now, finally, on that note, if you look at Luke chapter 5, 15, verse 31, Luke chapter 15, verse 31, uh, the, you remember the, prodig- the parable of the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. When he came back, uh, and his senior brother, who was more prodigal than him at home, became very, very angry that his father was setting up a, throwing a party for his son that was lost and ate and squandered his money on riotous living and refused to go in. His father came out and, and talked to the son. I said, my son, you don't need to be angry. Everything that I have is your own. But this your brother, he was lost. He's now found. He is there. He was there. He's now alive. We need to celebrate. Luke chapter 15 verse 31 says, say, My son, the father said, You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Brothers, 
that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Everything that God has is whose own? It's ours. That's what Jesus was meaning. That we are blessed when we are suffering persecution. Because the kingdom of heaven is our own. We cannot unravel all the mysteries locked up in that saying that the kingdom of heaven is ours. We cannot unravel them. We will continue to understand them by and by. But suffice us to know now that when we are persecuted for righteousness, when you are persecuted for correct living, when you are persecuted for the sake of Jesus, when you are persecuted for the sake of the gospel, rejoice in that instance because the kingdom of heaven is your own. It means that all that God has, all that God has is for who? Is for you. And let's understand this, that all that God has for you is for you. Not what he has for the other brother. Are we, are we together now? So the kingdom of heaven is mine. When I am persecuted, when I am suffering, for the sake of righteousness, for the sake of being a Christian, or because I bear the name of Christ, when I am persecuted for preaching the gospel, the whole kingdom of heaven is mine. What that means is that for me as a person, and for you as a person, the whole kingdom of heaven, and all that are meant for you, designed by heaven, they are yours and they are your dis- at your disposal. What a beautiful thing to suffer persecution. What a blessing to suffer persecution. That the blessing in persecution is that persecution will help you to keep assessing yourself. Now, you know, you know, do you know that, let me say this, just take note. You may, you may not like it. But let me say it. The church in the south, the church in the south, south, south east, south, southwest, persecution will come to prove us. Persecution will come to help us Live better kingdom lifestyle. It will come home. Let each one of us be ready for it. It has been coming from the north. It has been coming from the north. They have been doing all of that. And somehow, the church in the south, to a large extent, many have thought that it is for them dear. The church in the north has been growing through thick and thin, in the grace of persecution. And I dare to say this, that the quality of life, the quality of the Christian life in the north is higher than the quality of the Christian life in the south. You can't, you can't argue it. The brethren in the north, they don't fear anything anymore. In fact, I was in your uh, movie, uh, March, training believers from Different, all the states in the northeast on how to reach out to Muslims. 
And these brethren, I thought that they would be angry at Muslims. I was shocked what I saw. These brethren were willing. They said, look, what else can they do to us? They have done their worst. Shabit, they will tell you, the worst is to die. So they are ready. They were, they were passionate. They were praying for these Muslims. They were praying for these Boko Harams. And they said, we will go. I said, hey. I thought these brethren would have said, don't talk to us again. Don't talk to us about these people. They were not saying so. They were saying, God, give us more grace to win them. Give us more grace to win them. As I come up the south here, I have seen Christians so bitter against Muslims. Some would say, never talk to me anything. They almost threw me out in Abba. Threw me out of the Presbyterian uh, uh, minister's meeting in Abba because of this matter. They say this kind, this kind of theology we are bringing to us is not the kind of theology we want. I say it's not my theology. It is the teaching of Jesus Christ. They were angry. And of course, I'm already used to that kind of anger. I just took my Bible quietly and left. We must expect it. That persecution will come to help us. To help us to know whether we are living the kingdom uh, lifestyle as it is. The kingdom of heaven is ours. Praise the Lord. So as we round up, as we round up, it suffices us to know uh, that one, persecution will not happen to everybody. Persecution only happens to those who live righteously. First Peter chapter 3. Can someone quickly read it? First Peter 3 verse 14. Yes. Another person to open to First Peter chapter 4, verse 14 and 16. The first person, First Peter 3, 14. And if you suffer for righteousness, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Thank you so much, sir. If you suffer for righteousness, if you suffer for doing what is right, so persecution is a reward for righteous living. Those who are living righteously as students, those who are living righteously in civil service, those who are living righteously where you are living, those who live righteously, there is a reward you will get for living righteously. And that reward is what? Suffering. So it's not for anybody. So if you are not facing any measure of suffering, any measure of persecution, you need to check your life. Are you really living as heaven expects? Are you living righteously? Number two, those who bear the name of Christ. Yes, First Peter um, 4, 14 and 16. Yes. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. You are blessed because the spirit of what now? Glory. The spirit of glory and of God and of God rests upon you. Are you seeing the blessing in persecution now? If you are persecuted, because you bear the name Christ, 
Happy are you. So you should be happy in the face of persecution. Happy are you. Why should you be happy? Why should you be, why are you blessed? Because the Spirit of God and the Spirit of glory rest upon you. The Spirit of God and the Spirit of glory does not rest upon all people. It rests upon those who are suffering because they bear the name Christ. Yes, verse 16. However, if you suffer as a Christian. Now, listen to this. If you suffer as a Christian. This is one of the few places the word Christian is used in the New Testament. If you suffer as a Christian. Now, if you combine verse 14 and verse 16. A Christian is someone who bears the name of Christ. In those days, it was not fashionable to bear the name Christian. I hope you know. It's not fashionable as it is in our days. It's not political as it is in our days. You know in our days now, you're either a Muslim or a Christian. So, uh, if you're not a Muslim, automatically you are a Christian. Okay. In those days, it wasn't so. To bear the name of Christ at that time was not was not very fashionable. Peter said, however, if you suffer for being a Christian, yes, completely. Do not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed, brother. Don't be ashamed, sister. Are you ashamed to be identified with Jesus? Jesus said, I should tell you this morning, don't be ashamed. Are you ashamed to bear the name Jesus in, in the place where you are? Are you ashamed to stick out your neck for Christ? Don't be ashamed. Yes, go ahead. But praise God that you bear that name. When persecution comes upon you because of being a Christian, what, did the, what, did, what, what does heaven expect us to do? We should praise him, oh God. And the disciples demonstrated it. They say they counted themselves worthy to suffer for the sake of the name of Christ. Persecution will do us good. Persecution will help us to praise God. Persecution will help us to know truly we are living righteously. Persecution will help us to know, to assess, to evaluate our Christian life. We should rejoice. Yes, have you completed that verse? For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. Let's leave that matter. It is time for judgment to begin in the house of God. Now, when we look at this, only those who bear the name of Christ. Now, in this time, it is not just bearing Paul or John, or only those who bear the mark of Christ. It should be that when you are coming as a student and you are coming in the midst of care guides, even without you talking, the name of Christ will be here. Are you understanding now? You know, witnesses to them. And they say, what are you coming to do here? What, we don't need your type here. Are you, are you getting it? At that point, rejoice. Praise the Lord. Persecution will come to those who preach the gospel. If we don't preach the gospel, we shouldn't expect persecution. If we live compromised life, a student to live compromised life, if uh, care guides come, you and them, you care guide the whole thing together. 
If uh, other group comes, you enjoy, you just blend in like that. If, uh, and then you come to church, you blend into church. You will not, you will not suffer anything. They will say you are, a, you are the kind of Christian they like. Because they are very comfortable around you. That kind of, you won't, you won't face any persecution. But when we preach the word of God, be ready that persecution will come. Now, as we wrap up the whole thing, blessing, the blessing in persecution is that it will help to bring out the life of Christ inside of you. The good, the love, the blessing that are locked up inside. Persecution will bring them out. The church in Nigeria, I hope we can see, I hope we can assess ourselves now. Eh? Honestly, we can assess ourselves by the responses or our reactions to persecution of Muslims. Some will say, let's kill all of them. Let's buy arms. Let's equip ourselves. Let's fight them. Talk about the fact that God said, no, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They say, no, we have to go carnal way. It's just exposing to us what stuff we are made of. In times of persecution, it shows us whether we are honestly praying for our persecutors, whether we are honestly loving our persecutors, whether we are honestly blessing our persecutors. The question that we would like to round up with, are you persecuted? And if not, why not? Are you suffering for the sake of the name of Christ? If not, why not? Are you suffering for living righteously, right where you are at every point in time? If not, you need, you, you need to, you can assess yourself. Shall we rise up to pray? I'd like you to pray for yourself very briefly. What measure of persecution are you facing? Maybe from your hand of your loved ones. How has your reaction been? Have you been suffering for the sake of Christ, for the sake of righteousness? From people with whom you walk or among whom you live? What has been your reactions or your responses? Do they reflect the kind of life that is in heaven? Have you made enemies your enemy? Those who hate you, have you been hating them back? Oh, you have been loving them. Can you pray for yourself and say, God, help me to see the opportunity to demonstrate love when I am hated. And you pray for yourself now. Those who are hating you, maybe where you work, maybe fellow students, maybe even where you live. Those who are hating you. Can you say, Lord, I didn't know that they have been You are using them to to provide a platform for me to demonstrate love. Since Lord help me to live this lifestyle. Help me to live. 
Those who are cursing you, each time they open their mouth, is curse. Can you say, Lord, help me to see when men curses me, to see it as a platform, an opportunity for me to return their curses with blessing. For that's when I demonstrate this kind of kingdom lifestyle that I'm supposed to live. You pray for grace and say, God, all that you have, you have in heaven for me to demonstrate in the face of persecution, help me to live it out when I am hated, when I am cursed. Can you pray for those who persecute you right now? Pray for them and say, Father, have mercy upon them. And we use this opportunity to briefly pray for Muslims who are persecuting us in Nigeria and say, God, have mercy upon them. Forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Do not impute all this destruction and killings upon them. But forgive them, forgive them, Lord. Let's pray for them. Because among them are souls today who will become Paul tomorrow. Finally, pray for yourself that persecution will not consume you. When they come, when hatred, the pressure of hatred is brought upon you, hatred will not consume you. Rather, the juice, sweet juice inside of you, the juice of love will flow to overcome hatred. Those you can identify as your persecutors, can you bless them? Can you bless them now? Those you identify in one way or the other as those causing suffering for you because of righteousness. Can you bless them and say, God, bless these brothers. Bless these people. You have brought them to help my life, to help the Jews inside of me to come out and I didn't know it. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for loving us this much and showing us the kind of life that exists in heaven. Lord, we know that this is the lifestyle you expect of us. We are asking that each one of us will receive grace. To live this lifestyle everywhere we go, all the days of our lives in the name of Jesus. Where we have hated those who hate us, forgive us. Where we have cursed those who cursed us, forgive us. Where we have returned evil for evil to those who do evil to us, forgive us. Where we have failed to pray, 
passionately pray, earnestly pray with compassion in our hearts for our persecutors. Lord, forgive us as a church in Nigeria. Forgive us and help us, Lord, to turn over a new leaf. Show us mercy. As we return to our various locations, you will grant us grace to live this life. Blessed be your name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed.